0: Amen. Thank you. Oh, it's great to be here. This I think I'm getting double feedback there. It's great to be with you this morning. And I'm so excited about what God's given me to share with you. And um, don't we turn this one off, Andrew? Then we're not getting any feedback from there. Good. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a bit too loud. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, it's so good to be with you this morning. <laughs> maybe it's my microphone. I don't. So I'll just keep talking until you twiddle the knobs around there. Okay, Um, we're going to continue our study in Luke. And uh, I'm so pleased Derek's here because it gives me, I like Derek to heckle me and tell me when I'm right and wrong. And uh, we're so pleased to have Derek with us this morning. Derek, it's really blessing to see you with us. Um, I just want to show you a little cartoon first. See if you can work that out. Has anybody ever had that problem with their children? Yeah? Probably, probably problem, problems with your children getting them into the bath, but uh, not for the same reason as maybe Jesus had a problem. I don't think that was the problem when he was 30-year-old, or was it uh, when we got there? Just thought that would amuse you this morning. We're going to continue our study looking at Jesus. There's not a lot in the Bible about when he was young. And actually over the last few weeks, we've looked at Jesus at the temple, haven't we? Uh, I mentioned it a few weeks ago and then Corinne mentioned it and talked about Jesus at the temple. So we're going to look at that again, but I'm trying to get a different angle from it. But let's look at the scripture. You can find it if you've got your Bibles or your phones with you. You can find it in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 39. There we go. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over... While his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, "'and asking them questions. "'Everyone who heard him was amazed "'at his understanding in his answers. "'When his parents saw him, they were astonished. "'His mother said to him, "'Son, why have you treated us like this? "'Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you.' "'Why were you searching for me?' he asked. "'Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house?' But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with him, with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men. As I said, we've looked at this story a couple of times. And um, on both of those occasions we looked at what the parents' reaction might have been. What, how, did Mother, how did Mother Mary feel about Jesus being lost for three days? It's a long time. None of our children have ever been lost for three days. I think when they've got lost more than three minutes, we've gone into panic mode. Um, but for three days, we got lost, and we've always focused on, well, how did Mary and Joseph feel about that? But I just want this morning to look at How did Jesus feel when he was in the temple? What was going through his head when he was there? And I want to suggest here that Jesus was torn between two worlds. He was torn between his earthly role as a 12 year old child and his heavenly role that was to come when he was 30. Now, I don't know at 12 whether he knew that was going to happen at 30. We don't know any of that information. But something tells me that he had an idea. Because when he was 12, they found him in the temple talking very wisely for a 12-year-old to the leaders in the temple, asking questions and talking to them about Scripture and the fulfillment of the Messiah coming. So when Mary asked that question to Jesus, were you not concerned that we would be worried about you? Jesus was in a torn position, wasn't he? He was torn between being a 12-year-old and caring for his parents and being a 12-year-old, but knowing that he was the Messiah and he had all this wisdom already beginning because it says he grew in wisdom. Not sure if he was there, as I said, but he grew in wisdom about what was coming. Hence the words his mother said to him, son, why have you treated like this? And Jesus' reply was, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Now another translation says, did you not understand when he was saying to them that I am to be about my father's business? I am to be about my father's business. Now, there's not a lot. Uh, sorry, in the we are to be in the world, but not part of the world. Uh, it's a phrase we often hear in a Christian subculture where, as Christians, we're to be in the world, but not part of the world. That means not obeying, not following the world's lead as to what makes things good and bad. Um, And Jesus was in a sense, he was in the world, but he wasn't part of the world because he was, although he was in earthly form, he had a heavenly purpose, didn't he? And he was the son of God. Now, there's an old spiritual song that uh, was released by Jim Reeves. Some of you younger ones will remember this. Jim Reeves releasing this song says, Derek is bound to remember this being a younger one. This should... Suggests, uh, sorry, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And the Negroes used to sing that because they lived tortured lives, many of them. And they knew that they had a heavenly kingdom to go to. And they sang that in-between theme. The thing is that I want to say to you that, you know, in many ways, today we are like the same position that Jesus was in there. He was torn between two worlds. And we as Christians are torn between two worlds. We're torn between our earthly life and our heavenly life that's to come. But more, we're also torn between our earthly values and our heavenly values. And furthermore, we're torn between the earthly life with the limitations that it has and our heavenly life with, as we've been singing, being children of a heavenly king who answers our prayers. Sarah read to us there, Ask and it shall be given to you. So we have something extra that the world doesn't have. We have that ability to communicate with a heavenly father who gives us and answers our prayers. And as we know, sometimes those prayers aren't always exactly as we ask. But it says if we ask anything in the name of the Father and the name of the Son, and it's within the Father's will, He'll grant our prayers. He's a miracle worker, a miracle worker in our lives. Heather and Corrine have reminded us over the last couple of weeks that believing changes everything and sometimes we're not living our lives often we're not living our lives believing that God can change things believing that things can change we've talked about the value of prayer I believe each one of us needs to go about our father's business do we realize that every day we're called to be in the world but to be going about our father 's business, yeah, sometimes we you know we might be able to do that when we 're at church on a Sunday, we might be able to do it a bit when we 're in the home, but often when we get in our workplace, are we going about our father 's business? Do we realize that we 're called to go about our father 's business w they sound like they're having a good time in there <laughs> Jesus in his human form would accomplish nothing at all without the Holy Spirit's power. It was only when he prayed and he sought God and the Holy Spirit was able to move and, com- and carry out the things that Jesus did when he was on earth. We need to believe and remember that all authority is given to us when we pray, believing in the will of the Father. Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven right so we've got to, how many times have we said that not really responded and followed it through so where do we start where do we start with that we can begin by praying and believing god will answer when I started, I said that we were going to look at the story of Jesus being left in the temple from the point of view of his parents. We need to look at it from Jesus' point of view. When we see that we're in the world being called to be our father's about our father's business and believing changes everything, our response should be some sort of world-changing action. Yeah? Would you agree? We need to respond by doing something that God intervenes in, that God's maybe is already working in, and change the world. So this morning I want to do something entirely different. It might mean, sadly, or goodly, or well, or that you step out of your comfort zone a little bit to do this. So what I'm going to ask you to do, is I'm going to ask you on your bit of card, to write down those people who are on your heart to pray for. Now it might be a family member who's used to come to church but has lost their has either lost their faith or their faith's gone cold. It might be somebody you work with who just needs your prayers this morning. So it might be anybody at all who you feel needs your prayers. Right? So just two or three people perhaps or just one person ask you to write down on a card those people who are watching at home if you're able to get uh, some paper and you'd like to write it down or if you'd just like to keep in your mind those people who you're thinking about this morning okay if you could just all do that so the next that's the that's the easy bit okay And looking around, I don't think there's probably anybody who hasn't got somebody on their card. That, that, that Paul, did you not get a card there? I've got a one here spare. I'm sure somebody will give you a pen. Did anybody else not get a card? It looks like everybody's just about done that. And, and what we're going to do first of all is Tim's going to come up and he's going to pray for those people at home who have... Written or got names in their minds.
1: Father, we we pray for those who are at home today. We pray for those who, right now, are, are watching us on the live stream, or maybe are watching us in a few days' time or a few hours' time and watching this back. Lord, as they they join us uh, over the internet, I pray that you might bless them and that your spirits might be with them. I pray that you might bring names to their minds, names to their hearts or people they deeply care about, who deeply need you, who need prayer. And Lord, I pray for those names. Lord, they can, they can pause this right now if they want to, or they could uh, go away if they want to and, and, and pray themselves a bit more about it. But Lord, right now we, we pray for those names. We pray that you might bless those people in whatever circumstances they are in, whatever troubles they face. We pray that you might bless them. You might be with them. You might be a comforter to them and the one uh, that does good and has good planned for them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.